Yes, and one of the best movies to date that holds its ticking time has celebrated its 20th anniversary, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, This Is It. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, This Is It. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know that. Yep, <sighs> we're talking about the 20th anniversary of uh, The Two Towers. I mean, we did this last year with uh, Javi and Jessica, so shout out to them. That we continued the journey to the two of the towers, and yeah, we thought we uh, expressed some thoughts on this movie because it still holds up. Yeah, we just watched it like what, like two days ago. Yeah, we watched the extended edition. Yeah, it was really long. It's like four hours. I think it was close to four hours actually. If we put them all together, it'll be twelve hours. So you have a full day of watching them, which actually. Uh, there's some events out there, uh, especially in LA, where they do screenings of like all three of the movies. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> but there are breaks in between, so, and I believe they do they do have intermissions, so it's like just like an old like an old day of just geeking out on Lord of the Rings, man. Yeah, you're like, oh my god. People probably cosplay to that. You oh, know what I'm saying? I bet you, 100. percent Imagine some orcs cosplaying. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be a lot of hard work on their part, really. I mean, that's the crazy part is their costumes and their, you know, even the trees too took a lot of time to make and like develop and like go from basically like a sketch into something they knew, you know, in the story they needed. But at the end of the day to actually make all these different things come to life, make them look real with the use of miniatures, with the use of, of green screen motion capturing i mean just the way they adapted the uh actual story from the book i think is a feat in itself and the way they're kind of just moving forward with the same exact people that they started you know the the series with the lord of the rings and moving through and doing all these three movies this one to me really felt like the most ambitious because like the 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 floor is set you know everybody kind of knows what's going on you leave you, you leave off on uh you know we talked about this last time was uh gandalf jumping off the freaking thing and basically getting whipped down and pulled and he tells the rest of the fellowship you know run you fools fly you fools fly you fools <laughs> I always say run you fools, but it's fly you fools. That's I always right. thought it was like fleet you fools. We com- we confirmed that because we had the titles on this time. So yeah, it's a fly. we confirmed that. <laughs> so, and you know, like it leaves you off that kind of kind of high point, that cliffhanger. And you're kind of just like, fuck, like what happens next? And then yeah. basically like this is the meaty portion 
of the trilogy, I feel like. Yeah, this is like the one that holds it together, the middle part. It always seems like the second installments are always like the best movies for some yeah. reason. <laughs> I mean... I would say sometimes, not all the times. Yeah, I mean, the thing is for this one specifically, it, it's not like there was no new director or anything like that. They did everything that they did from the first one and made sure the continuity held up. You know, so that for me was a really big, like, fucking feat one to really see that. And, you know, it's not like watching The Mummy part yeah. one and part two, you know? It's not. It's not a regular movie. It, it's more of, it's an epic, you know? And, and mm-hmm. this kind of epic was really uh, about a lot of mythical creatures and stuff that was actually hard to turn into real life. You know, so I feel like this specific movie was just over the top with that shit. And they hired all the right people, you know, to to really make it a reality. Yeah. You know, it's they're bringing more to the table than they did before. Um, You could kind of see it in the first movie where they pretty much like cut out um, Gollum. He was just like in the shadows and, you know, he didn't reveal himself, which is a creative choice, but also like maybe a budget choice as, as well. So you only have like the CGI, like the eyes, but not really like the entire body or even have like someone to mocap um, all of that. But I mean, I mean, and that's when Andy Circus really just made his kind of stage and he made that movie really his stage for like motion capturing and kind of set the bar I feel like as far as what people can do with motion capturing because up till then it was very it wasn't used as much you know yeah really wasn't and I mean that's like kind of the that now to use motion capturing and to use that like that's what they do for video games now like any you know, fully advertised top tier video game. They're using motion capturing for a lot of their um, action scenes and a lot of their like um, cut scenes in between and stuff like that. I mean, you see a lot of it in Uncharted, you know, you see the behind the scenes and uh, even um, whatchamacallit, uh, The Last of Us as well. Last of Us, yeah. So, I mean, they're using it for a lot of different things and the way they used mocap with. Um, actual real life actors you know is something that i don't think has been done to that extent until you know lord of the rings came through and and peter jackson wanted to use that kind of technology to bring it forward you know so i mean that's that's why i feel like this movie's really different it's they sold the cgi and the compositing between the miniatures the actual actors and they did a crap load of compositing on this that just made it an unreal kind of world. And that's really what Middle Earth is. You know, if you think about it, it's just like a giant world of mythical creatures, mythical, you know, even trees and uh, lakes and rivers and forests and different t- types of creatures. And to be able to composite all those different things to size, as the lore explains it, you know, that's a lot of detail to take account of you know yeah it really is uh especially since like they were gonna make more as they go so every year we got like a movie which probably give not pretty much didn't give them enough time 
for like a quick turnaround. And yeah, of course, he made a lot of movies in between them. But I mean, that's the thing. It's just like you, it hasn't been, it hasn't even been done before, where you have all three movies that were very expensive and then coming up like consecutively. It's just really unheard of. So it's like a big gamble, and also like you know, this property is gonna sell because it's you know based on one of the probably one of the best like novels of like the twentieth century. <laughs> you know, because at this point, all we had was like the um the animated one the lord of the rings but yeah. i mean to put it in live action it's just like oh that's going to be pretty ambitious which it is and then you know it still holds up because that version is actually a rankin bass version too yeah it is the rankin bass version the animated version is available on on hbo max i think i think so i think yeah, it's, it's, i yeah i think it's there. actually out yeah. right now on hbo max so Ship on that. But before we get into more of this, you know, there's a lot to kind of unfold here. And uh, before we get into anything, you know what we like to do here. We like to drink some craft beers. Yes, drink some beers. So, what are we doing first? Break out the ale. These men are thirsty. Bring on the Indeed. ales, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to start off with something that we searched for about couple days ago didn't think we were gonna actually find it the nearest place we could find it was in texas yeah it was crazy because i knew i saw this beer in total wine but the one in um sf and i was like oh shit and i saw it and i was like okay i'm gonna get that next week so that way i know we're gonna do a lord of the rings um movie once i come back and then i try to go back the next um the following week to get the beers for that week and then also like oh, i might as well pick this one up on the way and i couldn't even find it i was just like oh fuck and i told manny about this beer while we were searching like lord of the rings type of beers we went out and tried to actually find like lord of the rings beer yeah because the last yeah, time i, I was just it. like i wanted to make sure that we were fitting the theme fucking right and this is probably the best fitting beer to theme that we've ever had i think it is yeah and uh it's literally called Brew Dog Fellowship IPA. Hazy IPA. It has the Lord of the Rings emblem on it. It says the Lord of the Rings on it. It says even on the back of it, what they actually say? have the rights from New Line Productions. And uh, this is legit. This is like the legit beer. The official beer. The official beer of Lord, Lord of the Rings. Uh so yeah, we're gonna try it out. Yeah, I think we got lucky too because um, well, we, this we is also to... in the promotion of like the new show, uh, uh, Rings of Power. And that happened a long time ago. And that happened like this year in this fall. So yeah, cheers to that. Cheers, man. We found it. The one. They're precious. Was that a soundbite? Oh, God, that was really good. Thank you. Oh, wow, this beer is good, dude. Wow, this beer is good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got double jeopardy. Whoa. Um, I'm not even tripping, like, this is on the fact that this is a themed beer and it's Lord of the Rings themed, but legitimately the taste of this is really good. It's like a bright hazy, but it's not super super uh dank it's not like yeah, it you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, it's not there. It's like, I mean, this is a hazy, so it's like not okay. So as bitter as a strong as I thought. For me, it's like when you drink a juice force, you're getting a lot of uh, you're getting a lot of juice, yes, but you're also getting a lot of alcohol content, which some people like it. I ain't tripping. I like it from occasion, but this for me is like a lighter version of that. It still has all the juice. It still has all the flavor, but it's just not as pungent in alcohol as like a Voodoo Ranger. Yeah, like I said, it's not as strong as I expected. It's actually pretty light. It's on the lighter side of hazies. Yeah, I I like that. It's a light hazy. I think that's a good balance. I think it's a great balance because right now for hazies, it's either... It's one or the other. You're either getting a lot of really dank, like, alcohol, like, and juice and stuff like that, or you're getting a lot of, like, citrusy notes that's lighter and more crispy, you know. Uh, I mean, still hazy, but, you know, lighter and crispy. But this one kind of falls in the middle because it's a 5%er. You kind of got the same umph as, like, a Modelo, but with all the flavors of a hazy and yeah. all the juice and the spices and stuff like that. Yeah, it's present in there. It very, very much is. I guess that would be the Mandela of hazy IPAs. Wow, this is seriously <laughs> one of my more favorite beers that we drink yeah, on the podcast for sure. It's just like, yeah. The fellowship, ladies and gentlemen. We'll give you a, we'll give you a little uh, update later on. So... Moving forward kind of with the two towers. The two towers. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's a continuation of, of course, the Fellowship of the Ring. Where we left off, the Fellowship broke. Thus, we answer the two towers. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say what we're going to do today is kind of break down. This movie is a little different than the rest. And I kind of want to break down... Uh, the different storylines because in this yeah, movie, even doing. though it's a fellowship, yeah. they're all working towards the same goal. You know, they get split up into teams almost. Um, yeah, pretty much. You have Aragon, Gimli, and Legolas splitting off and doing their own thing. You have Sam and Frodo, and Gollum now gets introduced in this one and yeah. is a big part of the story. Um, and then you have the other two. Uh, Mary and Pippin, which they go into their own journey with, like, because they get captured at the end, but then they uh, find new allies, yeah. allies that you wouldn't expect. And then you always get Gandalf, which is kind of like a lone ranger. Yeah. He kind of, like, does his own kind of deal. And um, I think in this one, it's really important that you kind of see the relationships of the characters, you know, within their own ranks for like a long period of time. Like you see yeah. the relationship that grows between Legolas and Gimli, for example. Yeah, you exactly. Know? This is where the little comp- friendly competition came from, which is fucking funny because it's just, they're two different races and they're competing against like, oh, who, who's the better warrior? In that sense, right? Yeah. So I mean, I guess we'll start off with them, right? Uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and yeah, 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 I agree. Um, well, I mean, they're pretty much like 
uh, finding the younglings, the littlelings, the the hobbits, and they're on their track, pretty much. The whole so movie. It's just yeah, well, kind of, and then they kind of like know they're okay, mm-hmm. and then they just go on into to um to pretty much help the men out. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, so it's like a turnaround right there, like in the midpoint of it all. I mean, there's also that whole story that they have to deal with as far as, you know, the kingdom of Rohan and the, the king there and kind of that that uh, snake tongue that they're dealing with. What's that dude's name? Uh, it's like something, it's, it's snake, it's like something snake tongue or some shit like that. Serpent tongue. Grandma worm tongue. Worm tongue. Yeah. I yeah. knew it was something vile. You <laughs> he know? is vile. He's, he's a nasty character. I mean, yeah. and that's it's that's something I was too. telling you when we were watching yeah. it is like the Hobbit also had a character like that, like that worked for the king that was kind of just like, you know, putting yeah. things in his ear and being like a little weasel and stuff like that. And yeah, that was having. I think that's just like the reminiscent of that. But I mean, the Hobbit was an extension of that. There was no character in the book. But, you know, aside from that, the character is very much in this uh, in this movie. And something I got to say, too, is for for this one, it was more like, I mean, in a lot of epic and legendary tales, you always have kings and knights and like people that are like honorable. Right. Yeah. There's always an honor. But in this in in this case, it's like that character shows the dishonor, kind of like this, the foulness of human race and like kind of just like, yeah, a shitty guy. And it's like, yeah, because it is it is. um it is this this trilogies are are about like questioning the corruption of man. Yeah, and he's definitely like you know, the low tier of that. It's like the low lowlies of man and all that, serving a freaking wizard, uh, no less than that. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh you do have your slimy characters and then you have your honorable characters, which you know you got Aragorn and uh the king himself. And, you know, even Aragorn, like, when they found out, like, Wormtongue was, like, they kick him out, he lends his hands. He's like, he's not worth it. The, the king was trying to kill him, and he's like, it's not worth it. And then he was just offering his hand, and he just, like, spit at it. It's like, dude, like, the fuck? It's not cool. He was trying to help. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I noticed the moment that he reached his hand out, that's when he took notice of the ring, the ring that he had yeah. on. So, so he reported that back to um, Saruman. And then you know, this is where you, this this movie also introduces more of the history of Aragorn. You get to know his character a little bit more because you just know he's like a ranger up like in the mountains and whatnot. But he's also a part of a uh, subspecies of uh, of a race, part of man. He's still a man, but he's like a specific subspecies of man, which actually have the ability to live a little longer than the usual human. When he when Gandalf first meets. Aragon doesn't he look at his ring? I haven't noticed that. I think he does. I, I think I think he sees something. And he's like, "Where did you get that?" or something like that. And he's like, "Oh, what do you do?" And he didn't question it afterwards. But at that point, I think he knew mm-hmm. who I he was. I have to look that back because I don't remember that specifically. Because I always assume like, like oh, Gandalf's going down. Yeah, Gandalf's always always knew like who he was or what he was. Yeah, because a lot of people do know. Um, they thought like his whole like uh subspecies race i guess um were completely extinct but apparently he's like the last of his kind yeah in a sense you know 
So, and I mean, I think the, the reason you really do get to find out more about him is because he finds kind of like a love interest, like a girl that like really likes him and he feels like he wants to move forward almost, but like doesn't. And like she's kind of questioning what he's about, what what, what his background is, and even points out the fact that he has a piece of jewelry on yeah. from a girl. Given to him from a girl. Yeah, and I wouldn't say it's like romantic, but it's like sort of platonic in that sense. And she does become like a little bit curious about that. And he noticed, well, she notices like, oh, like, who's the girl you're thinking about? It's I, not, no I think it feelings. was, I think it was hopeful, you know? Yeah. To like be like something romantic, but because of his past and because of what he went through, like, he's not letting go of that. And then you kind of see that that part where Legolas gives back the jewel when he, when he gets it back from the, um, he gets it back from somebody. He gets it back from like a, from an orc or something like that. Yeah. Well, when he fell over like the cliff, like it was there. Um, oh, yeah, and he dropped right. it and then Legolas grabbed it and then Legolas gives Gave it, it back, back to him. him. And then yeah. the, the princess saw Legolas give back the jewelry and it was like, okay, he hasn't let go of that relationship kind of deal. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, he's still, like, longs for her. I mean, you see that in the first one, too. So, kind of get the sense they have history. So, it's like, oh, I don't know. But, and and yeah, the know, girl name is Morwen. So, I, I got to yeah. say, uh, one of the parts in the flashback that, to me, didn't make sense as a kid oh, watching Eowyn. it. Sorry. Which, I mean, I didn't read the books at that point, so... I didn't really know, but after watching Rings of Power, the whole scene with them going into the boat and into that, you know, like New Paradise or the like, what is it called? I, I don't know what it's called exactly, but it's like that sense of afterlife. Yeah, like it's everyone like everyone has to go there. And yeah. um, you see them getting ready to go on that journey and stuff like that. So this time around, I knew, you know, exactly what was going on was she was getting told by her dad you know like go ahead and like it's it's your time to go on that boat and like go to the next life and stuff like that and be happy and just like be fruitful and stuff like that and you got to leave I, legolas behind because he's part man yeah i believe it's it's kind of going sort of dark but he's essentially telling her to like oh like you have to go like you have to die essentially because there's no hope here like every like it's the end of the world as you know it <laughs> sorry well i mean he and basically he's just telling her like there's no point of like you know and he had the conversation with that, her gun yeah. and then know? yeah and then like her dad actually gave her like a sort of like a, a premonition of what's to come it's like oh if you stay with him you're gonna outlive him he's basically gonna die even though you know he's just uh immortal man but even immortals have to die at one point but she just sees it like yeah it's totally worth it you know well i mean you you see her weeping at his uh you know at his grave or in his tomb and stuff yeah, like that just, you see her yeah, kind of like almost like growing like it's seasons are passing and stuff like that and i thought they did that really well as a kid i didn't understand that because it was just like wait he died like what like i don't get what's going on you know but yeah. she, like that's what uh he he was basically explaining the elf king he was explaining like you know you're going to go through sorrow if you continue this path. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's kind of like telling... Um, it's pretty much telling your kid 
yeah, why they want a dog when it's like not gonna live that long, and you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna outlive it, and eventually you're gonna be feeling sorrow, and it's like, it's oh, it's not up. worth it. Yeah, it's a weird way to put it, but yeah. Yeah, no, because I had conversations about that with pets. It's like, bro, it's like they're worth it. Like, yeah, they're eventually gonna die, but they're worth it. <laughs> you know, it's love. Love conquers all. So moving forward, uh, another big part of this group is Gimli. You know, he's kind of just just whacking his way through. (laughs) He's just whacking his way through, and he's the comic relief of the movie. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that. Like, whenever he says a line, it's just comedy. It's just great. It's very definitely comedy. (laughs) Which one? What do we got? Oh, when he when he figures out about the ants. have to talk about hmm? except the consistency of squirrel droppings you know what i'm saying yeah like what? shit like what? that it's just like <laughs> why do you say that it's comic relief baby that's comic why Comic relief it's just like yeah like uh, <laughs> like making a good observation yeah basically <laughs> but yeah he definitely brings like a lot to t- yeah he was like basically the comic relief Sorry. I mean, not only that, but and he kicked ass too. Yeah, you know? he definitely kicked ass, and he had his moments. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing about him is he's obviously a smaller dude, but he's ferocious. You know, yeah, he's, he has he comes in strength. He he's he's a warrior, you know, and and he's representing kind of his race and his people, so he's yeah. showing out. You know, yeah, you you get an introduction of some history and some lore behind his people so you know like these mountains were like a history of him and him going through it is just like heartbreaking because his people basically die right there well you know how he says like it's in just the first tomb. one and my axe and like, his axe he wasn't fucking around bro when he said that like he's really down for the cause yeah like he's it was he's, a dangerous cause but he's he's basically every race was a representation of yeah, the, 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 race, the every, every character is a representation. Every of the character race. was like a diplomat, basically. Yeah. yeah, for that. So it's just like him. You're he's representing the dwarf race in that way, having to show that. Which I have a question about going into the third one, but yeah, we'll save that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, and a, another crazy part. Well, not crazy, but like. The part where he's kind of talking to the princess and they're kind of like having a conversation and he's on the horse and it's kind of like entertaining, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's kind of just talking to him. Oh, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't uh, dwarf women. You can't find them. You can't find them. No, no, no. That was about the ants. Yeah. Yeah. you guys he was talking about the dwarf women. He's like, and people don't recognize dwarf women because they're so close to the dwarf men. And then uh, you hear Aragorn. like Aragorn say, "It's because of the beads." <laughs> and yeah. she just laughs. She's like, "Oh." <laughs> and then and I think it's such a good time right there. Yeah. I think in uh, what which call it in uh, the Rings of Power, the dwarf women actually have like really long sideburns and stuff like really? that. Yeah, <laughs> way to bring that one. So up. I mean, like they, yeah, they actually do, you know have longer hair like facial hair and stuff like that so women with beards i mean they kept true to that which i thought was dope you know yeah it's part of the lore they Um, have to (laughs) i i just i just want to talk about a little bit 
the whole scene where they're going to war and like kind of how they all react their reaction to the whole um defending the right okay we're talking about helm's deep so yeah yeah, eventually uh, well i mean one big thing we didn't like talk about was like they actually met up with gandalf oh yeah you know so that was sort of like a big setup because like beforehand they kept talking about the white wizard yeah and they thought they were referring to saruman and then, you know, Mary Pippin, they're sort of like, we'll talk about that. They met up with the White Wizard thinking it was Saruman, but, and then, you know, this group goes into it and then they check it out and they see, you know, um, he's very much alive. Gandalf is very much alive. Well, the way they had said it, they were like, oh, uh, like, who are you? Are you Saruman? He's like, I'm what Saruman would have been or something like that. He said, I am Saruman. What Saruman should have been. Yeah, that's right. That's what he says. And then yeah, at that point, line, you like know, he goes and then he like steps out of the light, kind of. Step out of the light. And uh, it's Gandalf the White. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a reason why they had that whole intro of the that battle. And having to like, oh, we cut off like where they're about to like, you know, go out the end of the lake and stuff. It was a good battle. Good we didn't mention what a good way to like actually um, introduce the movie or you know begin the movie that way, and then halfway with Gandalf. Yeah, and then halfway Gandalf, you know, he reveals okay, himself. I'm down. Like we'll talk about that, but let's yeah. talk about kind of like the three, and then I want to talk about Gandalf, kind of his separate journey. Like yeah, I feel I was debating whether or not we should do that, but yeah, I, I guess so. I think so. I think so. But, uh, we believe so. But, I mean, when they go into, you know, after they meet up Gandalf the White, you know, everything kind of changes. They they go and they end up freeing the king of Rohan from that wicked uh, curse that he was in. And he steps up and basically, like, gets all his people and goes out to war. And even though there's a little bit of them, they show out and they he's trying to keep hopeful for his soldiers and um people and trying to protect everybody that he can they go up to a stronghold uh what's i always forget the name of the stronghold oh which one the one where they go from my from rohan oh at the end yeah helm's deep yeah helm's deep yeah when they go to helm's deep and they like set up on the on the whole wall and everything he's like talking to legolas and legolas is so well not he is doubtful out loud he's like we're not gonna be able to win i think he's just being realistic he's like the guy that's just like out of facts it's just in those realistic settings like i don't he's just thinking about the odds and he's just like yeah i mean and this is my thing do you think that king was more prideful and that's the reason that he he wanted to keep fighting honestly i believe so because so much has been stripped away from him. Just the fact that he was corrupted for so long. And then he has to like prove himself back to the people. And also I think it's also part of grief. Because he just lost his son. And then now there's a lot on stake. And say like you know. I came out of this corruption. I lost his son. But at the end of it. I'm still going to. Uh, I'm going to triumph the best I can. And I'm going to go through with it. But the choices between us is like. Okay Helm's Deep. He was very like confident about Helm's Deep to the point where like at in the middle of the battle they said this these kids are not gonna keep. It's like there's never been like a battle where the 
they're never penetrated. So you pretty much Helm's Deep is like a it's like a fortress, and pretty much there's like layers, and then you know there's the outside, which is all battles. It's like a you know it's a wall, well, and I then think... within inside is sort of like a vault in the sense, and that's where they keep the kids and children. Go ahead. One thing uh, I want to say about Helm's Deep is it it's not like any normal castle because um most castles are kind of like out in the open right they have like fortresses all around but helm's deep was different because it had a whole mountain behind it so it was like they couldn't really get they could only get enemies from one way you know so that that's what i thought was was really interesting yeah yeah, that's it's very i guess it's like a sense of strategy as well probably not the best but it's just like okay we're facing the enemy um, head on you know but it's also like cornering them in that sense so I just feel like it's a little bit of like not the smartest choice but like that's the best that they can do because he could only rely on going into like Helm's Deep because of like I guess past experience that's what I'm getting at yeah he said that he had uh, protected fortresses or protected keeps before Yeah. to Legolas and then like later on when he went to go talk to Aragon, I think, like, he told him, he's like, what am I to do? Like, all these people are hopeful. Like, I want to basically rise their spirits. I don't want I don't want them to put down or else like, we're definitely going to lose the key, basically. Yeah. And they're so lucky that the elves decided to show up after years of not wanting to kind of, like, team up with them and stuff like that, I think. Right, it was like they they had a it's, it's because a type everyone, of alliance. Yeah, everything everyone's just like a little bit. I don't want to say unhinged. Um, just a little bit separated, just because of past history, and everyone kept to themselves. But I guess like having, because it it definitely brings a lot. It's saying a lot about them, but also saying that they don't really trust each other in that sense. So it's just like. Well, well, why should we fight for a man? I mean, the elves are just going to do their own thing. Like, that's not our problem type of things. Also with the dwarves, which, you know, maybe more or better, like for lack of better terms, they're they're all stubborn in that in every sense. They want to fight. They want to get yeah. down. Like, But now, I guess since they just like wanted to fight, I think it was because. Um, well, they knew it was on name? the line. They knew it was on the line too, you know. Yeah, they knew what it was on the line, but also it's just Elrod sending hey, his hey, like troops over to do, to do that. Yourself? But I think it was just you, under the influence under what's her face. <laughs> the taller ones. Helm's deep, but I really wanted to see like how pretty much Helm's deep was just like because it's like the has, technical like, a lot of history. Well, I mean, just the the White Mountains, all right. Yeah, I have no idea what's what's up with the White Mountains. Yeah, named for the Helm Hammerhan and was a fortified gorge in the White Mountains, located between uh, Thirahai, Thirahai. I don't know. Real quick it. though, shout out to the homie Breland for letting us uh, do the podcast in the spot. We're over here. Got the Lord of the Rings beer. I hope you grab yourself one, Breland. They're delicious. Thank you, sir. Oh, yes. Bring on. (laughs) 
Getting down to it on the Brew Dog Fellowship. Bro, Got go. the hazy 5.0. Go grab. You, did you grab yourself one? Yeah. Go ahead and grab yourself one. You might want to. Yeah, dude. This is definitely one to try, my dude. Yeah, it's like you actually like it. I want to know what you crack it open. I want to know what you think. <laughs> here he goes. Here he goes. It's a hazy. But it's light. Right? It's pretty good. It's pretty crispy. It's not as heavy as the other ones. No. Yeah. So, I just did a little bit of research. Okay. So, this part of history where they're actually fighting to get the one ring destroyed is called the War of Rings. So, the quest ring. No. Yeah, it is. You know what's crazy is they didn't put any type of description on the this. The War part. of the Ring. There you go. You should have called it Lord of the Rings, but it's called War of the Rings. Um, they didn't put any type of description. I don't believe so. On the can. <laughs> yeah. Maybe on the box. I think it's more on the box. You want to get the box to read it or just... Leave Maybe, it later. Maybe later. Maybe later. Because we're on to the next one very soon, I yeah. think. All right, so any uh, last notes about the uh, the three gentlemen? We spoke of. Um, they all fought well. They were all cool. It, I mean, we just have to talk about like Helm's Deep. That whole battle was like, I feel like that was like the longest segment of that film. And I feel like, damn, that took a lot of work just to have like segments of the battle throughout each, uh, each I mean, part of it. Because it's it, also like correlating with like. Uh, Mary and Pippin's like storyline too. They're so basically, forth. they're basically like filming the choreography of the war. Yeah, you and know what said, I'm saying. You're they're directing the direct the stages of the war as it progresses. In that sense, first they come in ladders, and then that doesn't work, and then they try to like, uh, well, actually they succeed in blowing up like. That fortress, which they had, like, that one orc with, like, the That torch. torch. And then but they were trying to shoot him no. down, and then he just kept going. <laughs> you brought up a good point. Yeah. Is there was a bunch of warriors with torches around the entrance where they threw that spiky I know, bomb. I, I fucking noticed that. I noticed that. And and it was like, why, why couldn't any of up. these guys with the torches <laughs> just ran in? They are close to the door. I think there was just, like, a... Sort of like a champion for that type of thing. So it's sort of tradition in that sense. I think it was like, it was like an Olympic, yeah, like an Olympical yeah, type of like thing. Yeah, he sort of like earned that keep and then he's all like, he's the one to like sacrifice himself. It was like, do, 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 It's like almost do, comical do, because do, it's like do, shooting do, him down. And it's and all then at the end, you think, you think he's going to like not make it. And then it's like, oh, once again, like... Um, fucking the good guys actually got in time but no he just jumps over and he just like blows up the fucking that part of the fucking fortress and I'm just like oh, what the fuck <laughs> I feel like if you watch this the first time it will be so unexpected you're just like um what the fuck <laughs> I mean I think that you kind of want as a viewer you want him to blow that shit <laughs> up, that's, I think that's you're where it gets for him. down it's just like 
Yes! Yeah! He's fucking going for it. Right. I mean, dude, just the Battle just of Helm's Deep in general. I mean, the whole time when they went up on the uh, the rampart, I think it was called. The rampart was fucking cool. They, like, go into that shield mode and they, like, cover all themselves and they're like... And they made like a little box, like a little cargo freight, like yeah. going up the thing. And that's when uh, Aragon throws Gimli. He's like, throw me. Toss me. Toss me. What? I cannot jump the distance. You have to toss me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry it's a, if it's a little low. Don't tell the elf. Don't tell the elf. <laughs> that was a cool part and it was also funny so you know it was basically a dwarf toss bro it was a dwarf toss it was crazy because like aragon's response was what (laughs) like you're like you serious you serious you want me to do this i I did not expect that all right man um i could do it i could do it all right (laughs) it's like let's go what would your response be Fuck it. <laughs> I'll try my best. I don't even think I can do it, but I'll try. Hey, if you if you know you're that strong, you're just like, he said he wanted to toss him. So. And then he was also asking for it. He's all like, who could take them all on? He's all like, if I want to do that, you're going to have to toss me. Yeah. What? He's like, I'm going to let my pride this once so that way I could get into the fucking action. Throw me into the action. Yeah. You know what? That's <laughs> no, true. No, it's just like. It's like just that and, moment and of pride. I, really. I think that's why he responded like that. Was like, what? Like you're letting your pride down for me to like do this? Hey, for greater pride, you know? it's gonna make a good story. That's fucking. You know what? That's what we do here on Golden Crabcast. <laughs> all right, we talk about those kinds of details. All right, details. All right, here's another detail. We got round two. A veteran-owned business, warfighter, protector. Brewing Co., I think it's called. Right? Protector? I can't read it. <laughs> I think Warfighter might actually be the brewery. They're very, yeah. Protect, no, it's Protector Brewery. This beer is called Warfighter. It's a veteran owned business. And this one is also a hazy. We're going into Hazy Town today. It's a it. double dry hopped hazy, <coughs> seven percenter. And uh, let's see. On the back of it, it says organic citra and organic cascade hops, organic two-row barley, organic chit malt, organic wheat malt, and organic rolled oats. They use the word organic at least six times in here. All right. We get it. It's organic. Organic juicy strain. Just saying. Jesus. 7% percenter IBU 54 SRM 7. What's SRM again? Do we know that? Can you look that up while I read this? All right. Warfighter. SRM. It's on the back of the beer. So it says, Warfighter is a tribute to those who had to answer the call. As dense as the fog of war, this hazy IPA is the best of the best at Protector. Double the organic wheat. Double the organic rolled oats and double dry hopped DDH. The organic citra and organic cascade hops hit hard with the bold pine juice punch. To the men and women out there on watch, thank you. We can sleep in peace at night 
Enjoy a fine brew, and we'll have a cold one waiting for you when you come home. Protector Brewery, veteran-owned. Oh, damn. I love it. I love it. SRM, I love it already. SRM I love the explanation. for standard reference method, which is the method of a color assessment of Oh, the SRM, the color. Yeah, so this one says seven. Yeah, we've so talked gonna, about that before, I think. Yeah. All right. Cheers, laddie. To the veterans. To the veterans. And, and to the warriors. To the warriors of film. All the stuntmen <laughs> that made fucking Helm's Deep battle happen. Holy shit. Holy shit. shit. Craftsmanship, bro. What? Oh, man. Damn. This is stronger. <laughs> It's only 2% stronger, but it's the, all the organic dried rolled oats and all the organic wheat and malt. And this is definitely drier. <laughs> what the? Okay. This is almost on the verge of like a red ale. I feel like because of the amount of barley they're putting in this. Yeah. And Jesus, bro. It's just robust. It's a robust, hazy beer. It's not. I mean, when we're talking yeah, about hazy, you're on point on something. Because I'm looking at the charts for the RS <clears throat> SRM. Sorry. Yeah. And it's a seven, but they're doing it in between. The closest SRM is like between six and nine. Is between a deep gold and a pale amber. So it's like kind of brownish. Yeah. Yellowish. So it is kind of reddish. Yeah, I would say. It's like. Yeah, it's like uh, we're getting amber. better at this. We're getting better. Pearl at amber this. is like the mile of going into amber, so it's like getting close to there. We need. We're, we're close, dude. We need <laughs> to like. We're getting a lot better at at these tastings, bro. I guess so. We need to do something with that. Yeah. Hey, they just keep doing it. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> There's so many. This one is just ooh. Organic juiced yeast strain. Juice yeast. A little bit of the yeast. Don't know what that is, but that is juice yeast. Juice yeast. Oh, my goodness, man. Wow. That's a puncher right there. Yeah, it is. I was like, ooh, a little heavier. All a little right. heavier, a little That's puncher, cool. but it's not as heavy as a Voodoo Ranger. It's not as heavy as this fucking panty. The, these the are uh, orc panties, by the way. Orc panties. We found our way to get them. At yeah. Helm's Deep. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it was under a um, uh, OnlyFans, so you know we uh, we subscribe to it. We're supporting, you know, we don't discriminate the orc. orcs. Yeah, we gotta support the orcs. They're people support too. Support the orcs, man. Support the orcs. Anywho, they got their asses whooped. <laughs> exactly. All right, moving forward with some real warrior talk. All right. We talked about Helm's Deep, all right? But some crazy warriors that we end up seeing along the journey are some that are found, but two of our merry hobbits. Merry hobbits. Merry and Pippin. Merry and Pippin. End up going on their own little adventure. Yeah, they get captured at they the get end. Ca- well, this is crazy because they get they captured because they are mistaken for Frodo and Sam. Yeah. They're mistaken for the ones they, with the rings. Well, they just said, like, oh, grab the hobbits. They don't know which specific hobbit they grabbed. 
damn it, like yeah. technology would have helped them so much back in this day. Who are you? <laughs> like, well, you don't know. But they said something that was interesting when that whole battle broke out between the uh, uh, Riders of Rohan, right? Mm-hmm. It was the Riders of Rohan, and then uh, the orcs ended up fighting at one point. That's where they ended yeah, up like es- escaping. And uh, before that, right before the Riders show up, they're having a conversation about like why they should eat the hobbits because they're getting hungry, right? Yeah. And uh, they basically say like, you know, don't say anything. But we're not, you know, we don't have the ring. It's oh. like don't say anything because as soon as they find out we don't have the ring, they're gonna kill us, basically. Yeah. Which That's is a great scene, you know. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. And that's because uh, the orc that ended up trying <laughs> to go towards the hobbits, uh, the main chief of the orcs ended up slicing his head off and he oh, says they're all hungry well here's that here's the meats because at first he said meats the guy that suggested that he was all like hey, let's just take some what about those they don't need their legs let's get the meats and then so it's sort of like a throwback it's like y'all want meats here's the meats <laughs> nobody's complaining they're like Fuck it. We'll so just one of their own. They they use that opportunity to kind of sneak off into the field yeah. where oh, one of the happens. one of the first orcs that suggest eating him ends up finding one both of them. of them. You know, yeah. so he goes out there with his like crazy long knife <laughs> and starts like trash talking them and they're like getting freaked out and shit like that. Uh what happens? They encounter an ally. Well, they don't know it's an ally, but they enter the territory. And he pretty much gets crushed by a tree? No, man. I what happens it. is this. <laughs> they fucking climb up. They go into this weird uh, forest. I'm pretty sure it's a dark forest. The tree. It's like almost like a, in Maleficent, the area between the field and the forest is just a wall, right? So they just... Uh, not once they go into the, all right. I love, I like that comparison because it is kind of like that. Once they go into the forest, it's just super dark, super weird. They're like, let's climb the tree. We'll get away from him. They climb the tree. The hobbit climbed the tree about eight feet. And he's like, I think we lost him. And then he, see the tree. he ends up grabbing his ankle, pulling him down. Which at one point, uh, Mary, who's more at the top, he ends up freaking out. And because uh, he saw a face on the, he, on the tree, he yells. He yells really loud, and that's what wakes yeah. up this ent. Mm-hmm. And you see the eyes, and you see the nose, and it kind of zooms out, and you start panning out, and you see the configuration of a woodland face. And then it raises its roots from the ground like a leg and crushes the orc. That's what I said. And then at that point, you know, uh, Mary ends up falling off. Catches him, has the other one, you know, and uh, is basically saying, all right, well, we're going to figure out what you guys are because you." they they start talking about orcs and they're like, oh, we hate orcs, blah, blah, blah. Hey, they burn us. They chop us. They, you know, they like, mis- we're not, we're they, not orcs. Yeah, they get mistaken for orcs and then they have to like, you know, explain it to them. And what, I'm like, how, wait, how can you not tell the difference? I'm just saying. Because they, I mean, they're just so out of it. They're like in the forest. They don't really. Yeah, they're they are kind of like a little bit agile. They're more, they're more like, like. Because they're old, 
they're old remote they're like away from the like they're yeah. kind of they're, away they're from a little everyone. bit aloof in that sense too because they're just like isolated and excluded even in another language you could so much tell about that about them but you want to try this one go ahead better renowned that one's that one's a little pungent it's got some spice yeah Something like that. Just smelling it. Yeah. Smell like some type of seasoning. Allspice? I, I Maybe, think I yeah. know what it is. Yeah. That's a unique taste. It isn't mm-hmm. a coffee rating taste. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a double dry hopped. It's double dry hopped, so it's like... It's not bad. It does got like a nice little barbecue, but not something that like lasts. Yeah. Oh. It's flavorful, you know? Very... Yeah, but her beer, I mean, compared like to the other, background. you know, the other hazy, uh, crisper, yeah, crisper, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Breathing improved it, even though he was off screen. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that one, that one for sure. That was a four pack. I think of this one was around twenty four dollars. Wow. Well, I think we saved some money. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yo, yo, yo! What's up? What's up? Yo. Who joined us? Okay, I, <laughs> I think Rocks joined us. Okay, all right. So uh, moving forward on it, moving forward, we are still on like Marion the Pippins, meat, the ants, the ants, the giant trees that walk around. Yeah. So basically, later on, after they meet the ants, they take them to the White Wizard, which ends up being also. Gandalf. Yeah, that's what they. It was right before like the other group met up with them. So you and get a Gandalf. Of it. Gandalf gives the advice of, you know, go forward and like you know try to convince the Ents to like they're gonna find their strength in this battle. Yeah. You know, and uh, they end up going forward and still hanging out with the Ent. They end up going with the Ent, and the Ent starts telling them all these crazy like, uh, poetry and like. What? <laughs> yeah, no, he does. He starts doing... Um, he, no, he tells them stories. So it's like basically stories that he tells them and then... Uh, it's stories, but also it's all like his everyday things. So it's, it's a, like sort of talking to like an elderly person and they both started like... Dozing off. Asleep, yeah. They're just like... It was... Insane. No, it was a type of... um, It's a type of poetry. It's like a... I, I forget what type of poetry it is, but it's a it's a type of like old poetry it's like a ballad he was doing ballads that's what he was doing okay he's like upon the tree it's kind of like haiku right in japanese that's what he was telling him he was like oh he's like he's like oh this one i made myself you know and stuff like that but anyways i'll take your word on it uh when they end up going through the reason that they're traveling with them is they're gonna go talk to the other giant trees to tell them that wars amongst them and if they should have a hand in it basically yeah so it's just like basically a whole console of them considering like oh will you help us because our friends are like in real danger so you know time is of the essence so to say so every time he um because in their language when they all meet up when they speak answer i I don't know the languages specifically they it basically takes them a long time to just say one fucking word. Yeah. And then they said, <laughs> and he goes back to him. He's like, so what's going to happen? And he's just like, oh, we just finished saying good morning. But it's nighttime. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit, really? And, you know, you, I think right there, it's just, it gives you like a perception of time. Because that was just one day, and then the next the next time we meet up with them, it's probably the next day, as we should probably assume. And then they say like, oh, did you decide anything? We decided that you are not orcs. orcs. <laughs> Which is like, they're literally <laughs> taking so much time just to decide and decipher you know like each other's because when they speak it's not like they're saying words they're like sending energy through their roots or something they're doing something yeah, where it's like actually like it's like a tele to, telepathic kind of that's an interesting way to like put it because it's very much true it's sort of like a signal like okay you're relaying the signal but it takes like this long yeah once you receive it the other one has to come back just the same way and it's just like oh shit yeah you know. But they spend a lot of time basically going through it, waiting for them, being patient. And then what ends up happening is... Oh, my God. I just... Really, uh, go ahead. Yeah. They end up talking about, you know, like, have you guys decided yet? Have you guys decided whether you're going to fight for, you know, Middle-earth or not? And they said, well, it's not our fight. We shouldn't have to fight in this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then that's when Mary kind of goes out there and he's kind of like... This is your world. This is your fight too. You know, you yeah. guys. He's he starts trying to convince them and trying to communicate with them and telling them like, if you don't do anything, you're all gonna get roasted. Like something's gonna happen where so you're not listen. there, and uh, they're just still kind of on the edge on the whether or not they're gonna they, do it. Yeah, they're not. They their decisions already made, but I think ultimately was. The plan was just like, okay, that's it. Like, the answer is no. So they go home, and then the uh, Treebeard basically takes them back. But it isn't until, um, was it Mary? Oh, fuck, I forgot yeah. which one. Mary, he's the more craftier one. He just, like, in a way, he tricks them. He says, like, okay, well, when we go the other direction? It's like, why? Because, you know... The enemy's coming this way, but if we were to come in that same direct in that opposite direction, they will never expect it. And then he's just thinking about it, but he's just like kind of naive, and he's just like uh, a little daft, a little if you would say, and just say like, "Oh, I suppose that makes sense." I even though it doesn't make sense, but he just does it. But he had a plan behind. It. He's just like, "What are you doing?" So like, look, if they're heading towards war, they'll see the damage that they that Saruman has done. So he was just thinking, okay, the war has already begun at this time that we already, it took us this long to decide on this. Let them see for themselves what has happened and the casualties of the ants, which they do when he arrives. He's like, many of these trees were my friends. And now that he, uh, seen is believing, now they're involved. Yeah. And then that's what brings them to like war. Yeah, that's what gets them pissed off to go and do something yeah. about it. And I mean, they end up like basically breaking the dam of Isengard. The Isengard battle was so fucking cool. And the way it just, oh man, <laughs> there was a lot of things in that scene, uh, CGI wise, that I want to point to. Just the fact that they combined, they combined a lot of a lot of practical effects, visual effects, visual effects, miniatures. I mean. 
there was a lot of things that went down (laughs) in a post that we didn't see and honestly that's why it probably took so long yeah for these movies to come out and really be pristine and like what we ended up seeing and and ended up getting remastered later on you know what i'm saying i I don't know if they were remastered i mean but my point is (laughs) all in all like when they when this all came together and they did the isengard scene it stands the test of time yeah the just the fact that they use real material just makes it a little bit better Actually, it makes it just cool because I can't unsee what I know because I know those are miniatures. And I know the water is just, it's actually smaller than you think. It's not like a whole, they let like a gallon, like a fucking dam of water just to let go. But it was just like a good amount of water that was just like, okay, we believe that's water because it is water. And then all the effects is just miniatures to make it seem like a more epic scope. And it's cool because this is filmmakers like utilizing all all effects at that point that have been assisting since that time and then just utilizing them at the best amount. Because at this point, it was, they did utilize more, a little bit of CGI in there. And CGI was like at its infancy in that point. And this is during the times like Star Wars and all that happened, but they didn't. Well, this is the thing about like the Star Wars sequel and then this one. It's just like Star Wars went full out, but with them, they used like what was necessary for that CGI. Um, a couple things I want to point out that I realized when watching that scene was there was scenes where orcs were jumping like kind of off of logs yeah. and stuff into, you know, the water because the water was coming in and stuff like that. And to think about, okay, in this scene, the water's going to rush through the valley and we want orcs and stuff to jump off. You've had to, one, have another miniature camera go in that spot to film it. I think it's just, yeah. Two get that same angle CGI wise, literally the degrees and everything of where that camera is looking down the valley, recreate the valley and then do whatever you need to do CGI wise. And three, you have to actually film um, orcs and stuff falling off because some of those orcs were not CGI that jumped off. They weren't CGI. They were like real people that were jumping off. I realized that. They're compositing all from the same angle. So they're getting all this footage of the water coming in from one specific angle and compositing at least three different versions of that scene within one split second of the movie. Yeah. Just to make it seem like that's actually happening. Just thinking about like separate scene to shoot that is like, oh, what are we shooting? It's just, okay, we need one extra to actually be behind a green screen and just jump off like. Yeah the river and then just that simple shot is composited into like one part of a like multitude that of yeah all, a multitude of different things right. that are, are going on cgi with the miniature stuff like that you know so it's like dude a lot of thought process went into the storyboard of like the movie yeah. basically it's because just when you think w- about want those this moments, shot. yeah when you want those moments it's just like okay how are we going to do this and just say, like, we could do this, but, you know, we're going to have to do, like, extra work just to, like, make that shit a small detail. 
let me s- let me say this though. Yeah. Because when we talked about the Hobbit, like we talked about that scene in the go. in the waterfall going down the yeah. river in the barrels, right? They built that set because they said, "Fuck that, we don't want to have to do you know a bunch of." They were able to do a lot within the first you know what i'm saying yeah within those first couple feet of the river thing because everything was already there physically so they didn't have to recreate a lot of the stuff you know yeah so it's just like uh both uses of like practical effect or you know something that's physical but also cgi it in a sense (sighs) but i mean it was just a good use of that really to what they have at the times and just saying like okay we're bringing all the truth of the effects just to make this one well a set of like a sequence happen you know because yeah. it's it goes the long way so it's like the battle of Isengard that one and then also um, the battle of like uh, Helm's Deep that's yeah. like going on I mean well. they did the same exact thing for both yeah they did yeah that. for both yeah you know. even Helm's Deep used practical effects and then CGI effect all right, I think we should move uh move forward kind of. Is there anything we're missing in that story of Pippin and um, Mary? No. I mean, should we talk about the Gandalf just before we like I, I want to kind of move I want to move into Gandalf's whole kind of, you know, arc in this movie. Right now or like when? <laughs> yeah, like right now, like okay. maybe that, but I'm going to use the restroom first. That's what I'm asking. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm going to use the restroom, but can you kind of like kick off the intro? Yeah, I am pretty right. much. So, pretty much Gandalf at the end. Well, it wasn't at the end, but it was a partial point of like the Fellowship of the Ring. We know he falls. The last thing we see is just him having to fight Balrog. I think that's it, right? Um, and he pretty much like in that sense, he didn't sacrifice himself, but he pretty much was like facing that uh demon and then he falls and then as you know he just falls with him and then you get that really great beginning at the uh at the intro and pretty much we don't know like oh like why would they show us that if this is like your first time uh yeah first time view you'll be surprised like okay this be a reason why Gandalf is finding this thing and you know at the Later, when you get into the the Aragorn, Legolas, and uh, Gimli scene, or that sequence, um, they meet up with him, and then he has to explain the other half of that story. And the other half of that story is kind of... It's, it, um, I had questions about it for so long. I had an answer. I wish I had someone... Ah, we wish we had Jessica on this one, because I know she will know the answer to this. Um, but I had to look online. I'm pretty sure I look, um, cause I knew the answer beforehand, but I just like completely forgot. I think I'm not a hundred percent, but I did research it, um, along the ways, um, not during this podcast, but just like having to watch this movie over the years, I did kind of question that and having to pretty much want to know the answer to that, um. Uh, I'm going to look it up, if anything. Because I already... Um, the battle of uh, Barag and Gandalf as to why... Because he ends up... We had this whole discussion because he ends up like battling him inside the mountain and going into like that 
uh, whole, that pool of river or, you know, in the water. And then somehow they end up like at the end of the, on uh, the top of the mountain. That's where they do get out at the first half of like hand of stories. He's explaining like, oh, how did he resu- resurrect it back as Gandalf? But, and then he was like, he remembers like the last half of that battle. So it's just like sort of like a little story, um, storytelling technique that they do where they tease it the first half in the beginning and then, you know, towards the middle where he's explaining like that whole arc. Well, not that whole arc, but that rest of the story that's being told. Which is being shown, not, you know, told. But then again, he's kind of like narrating on it. I think the coolest part about that whole scene where he's kind of like flashbacking and stuff like that mm-hmm. is just the uh, just the fact that the continuity is exact. Like mm-hmm. you're exactly put into the last movie, exactly where you left off. No new directors, no new visuals, no new nothing. Like it's exactly where you left off and movies rarely do that right yeah pretty much i mean the that that's honestly why i feel lord of the rings holds up so well in in a lot of trilogies is because everything kind of holds up like the visuals hold up and everything is consistent as far as you know him falling down this giant tunnel uh facing this beast and the beast looks exactly the way it did when we last saw it and him falling into this giant pool of water this fool grabs a sword you know and starts going at it space is left out for some reason he's on the top of a fucking mountain i yeah i figured that out this guy all right here we go okay so this guy he's on reddit but he pretty much told it in his own words and i love the way he fucking faces this shit so apparently um once he like hit the water um basically he was made of fire right and he basically just like comes out of the water and saying he doesn't have his blaze sort of like his blaze is like his glory or you know he doesn't want to be out of flames or be shown like, you know, and it's very vulnerable without. Right. So he like runs out through the tunnels and makes his way up. And once he catches up to him, that's where they like um, started off the battle. I don't know if this is 100% right, but it's just what I'm fucking reading. I mean, I would love <laughs> to say that they landed in that water and Gandalf used his magic to turn all the water into snow. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, the caverns underneath where they landed, those peaks, you know, because you see little peaks standing yeah. up on the thing, right? Yeah. What? Who's should, to say that wasn't turned into snow and now they're fighting was, in the fucking like, snow? This is what he's saying. He's saying Ganov caught up to the Balrog and started scrapping with him uh, while they were falling. Now, that's a real thug. These dudes fell for a while and eventually they hit the bottom, landing in some cold-ass water. This is the guy's words. If you remember signs, you know that fire and uh, water don't mix. So Balrog came out of the water all soggy and slimy. Anyways, they took it out for a while. But Balrog is too embarrassed that his flames were out and ran into some tunnels. And Gandalf chased him down through the tunnels. And uh. then up way too many stairs, which 
all of them took all the way to the top of the mountain above Moria called Zerag, Zerag, uh, Zig, uh, damn. Zerag, uh, Zerag, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Uh, the Bargar finally dried out and his flames kicked in again. They kept fighting until Ganov was so bored that he just bit. He was about to jump off the mountain and was a little too excited and decided to push the Bargar off the mountain instead. And Ganov finally defeated the, uh, the Balrog and it took eight days for Gandalf to defeat Balrog. Even though the most sluggish shoes can't handle that. And Gandalf's uh, body died, but since he's uh, Maya, Maya, he can't really die, so his spirit continued on. But Eru, the god from the creational world, was like, hell nah. Sauron is still out there, bros. <laughs> you need to go back to Middle Earth. 19 days after his death, Gandalf like returned to life. <laughs> This is this is fucking what? crazy. Nineteen days after he Why nineteen? I don't know. Nineteen <laughs> days after this dead death Gandalf returned to life <laughs> in this pale fleshy body, but he can't but he was snuck in some crazy acid chip for a couple of days so he couldn't move. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Who's this guy? What's his name? This is um this is from the Reddit of uh, Lord of the uh, yeah the Lord of the Rings from Reddit. Uh, Monarch which what's the users which king of Ganmar. <laughs> but what's which king of Ganmar? That's his name. It looks like it is. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was just a funny representation. I mean, of what happened. It, like you like, know, you could make anything up. I think that's what this whole point of this is. I think is, a lot man. of people are like calling him out. Look, I think it was sort of similar to that, but it's just like he's making it less epic. He's like kind of want to. I kind of want to go into this a little bit and just say that that's the beauty about Lord of the Rings is like you could make anything up. You know, you could just say like a frog jumped in a fucking trash can and the trash can got taken by the dumpster and the dumpster went and it caught on fire and then it drove to Mexico and then in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just yeah. say whatever you want. But there's other sources. This that guy say he pursued the monster for eight days until you they put climbed so to much the peak thought into something, you know? Yeah. But I think the official one is like he basically pursued the monster for eight days. What? Mm mm. I don't believe it. All right. So, moving forward. He fought for I mean, obviously, he fought. Who knows what happened? I, but think, the point the, is, I think the days were just He off. defeated the ball, Rod. Well, and think... when he came out, <laughs> he came out white. <laughs> no, he died and then he came back white. He died and he, he resurrected white. He resurrected white. You know? Yeah. And he's so who like Saruman should have been. So... Saruman, how come Saruman never went black? Because that's the opposite of what he was. I mean, sometimes it's the quiet ones, so I don't know. No, he wasn't that quiet. So check this out. So all this happens, all this goes down, and he says, I got to continue with the mission. The mission is find the hobbits, find the warriors, get them on the same track. We're going to defeat them. And he knew... That Rohan was a big player in this whole thing. Yeah. You know, he had his kind of intuition. I love I love it when he goes into He's Rohan. A little bit more wise. I love it when he goes into Rohan and they I ask like him for thing. all their weapons. Uh-huh. 
And then he says, oh, you wouldn't pardon an old man from his walking stick. And he kind of just like goes. And he looks at Aragon and gives him the, mm-hmm, motherfucker. And then I like how Legolas just like kind of guides him. Like he's kind of like a little fragile. And he just like, oh, he's an old man. So I need to escort him. Yeah. You know, just playing the part. Yeah. And then once he like, you need to take the white staff from the wizard. And then he's just like doing his thing. And then the guys like that were like um, confiscating all that shit. They all started, like, they started looking them. at each other like, what the fuck? And it was like, no, fuck that. And then they almost got into a fight. Well, no, they, they did. They, they started scrapping it. Yeah. They started trying to get to Gandalf. And then Legolas and Aragorn just started whooping their asses. Yeah. Physically. They're just like, yeah. Like they literally they started they literally coming at him. Hands. And they were just like started throwing hands, hands. And like. To defend, to like actually bring the king out of his. Yeah. He was giving him enough time for Gandalf to do his thing and stuff. So, you know. So he just brought up the corruption out of uh, the king. Yeah. And it was cool because, like, we had to rewatch this because Manny was so amazed. I was like, wait, how did they do that? I love that. So basically, like, the corrupted king just turns back into, like, this white. From white pasty, frilling old man to like a normal human fucking being. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Yeah, that was that took like four stages of makeup and a couple of VFX shots right in there. So the reason why he got like extra like hair in that, we were like shitting on. Well, you were shitting on that. I was like, bro, they were like, okay, it's if just they like were gonna you, get rid no of his way. beard, yeah. Why didn't they just like show the like beard just, like, like they, falling off in chunks? That would yeah, been they cool. detached, but not everything detached, so they just kept it. It looked like he had a pube chin, people. Yeah, I think just like his hair was just like coming off a little bit, so you could kind of read it. That's look at back in the day, they they, they were banking on seven twenty p. All right, let's be real here. They're like, yeah. oh, no one's going to see no that. No one's going to notice that no in the resolution. 4K later. They see everything. Oh, my what? God. What? They see everything. Oh, my God. Peter Jackson's like, though. Peter Jackson's like, oh, God. She's They're really like, going to show <laughs> all our mistakes. So I was like, oh. I kind of want to see what King Kong looks like now. I do, too. There's one 4K. part where it looks so real. and I shit you not, it probably looks real in 4K. Like you can see the miniatures. It's in that the shape. it's the it's the time when when he fights the T Rex, right? Yeah, there's one part. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know which one? Yeah, know what when he's like about. hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, we're probably get me going with the Peter Jackson. Here we go. Here we go. All right, all right. Getting it back. Who are we talking to now? Who's that? Who joined us? Who joined us? Who joined us? Who joined us? We are on business. It's it? got to be the, the boy, Felipe. Felipe. The two towers, bro. The veteran. The veteran. Hey. We just drink a veteran beer. This is actually a veteran-owned beer. So the people that own this company it's called are Warfighter. veteran-run. Yeah. So Protect Brewing Co. Yeah, so it's very warrior-like. It's got it's like just, a Sparta kind of helmet. Exactly. So it's like super badass, and we chose it as our second beer. Delicious. Delicious and nutritious. Nutritious to an extent. <laughs> Moving forward. At one point, we're going to get dehydrated. So, uh, the, last, the last pair of people in, you know, in Two Towers, the last group. Uh, the last storyline, of course, uh, 
excuse me, not to say the least, but also the most important, Frodo and Sam. Man, <laughs> he's just thinking about like mm, Frodo and Sam. And Sam. <laughs> well, that one, that one kind of got to me. Um, yeah. I gotta say, I could, I could go so much about that. <laughs> okay, well, well, give him. Give, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we all notice it, but it's sort of like a romantic um, relationship. <laughs> Me it's and Felipe definitely would on talk the verge. About, it's on the verge. It's implying. It's just like mm. <laughs> you want to so, so, say so much, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's friendship. I think it's. They're fit, for, they're fit for each other. They're, they're fit for each other. It's friendship. <laughs> the truest form of friendship. There's nothing wrong with that. We're progressive. <laughs> okay. But you really feel that even at the end of the uh, fellowship, it's pretty much like they're trying to save each other's lives. It's like Frodo's fleeing but sam is like so stubborn that he's just like i'm never gonna give you up and he's like sam what are you doing i can't swim but i'm still gonna get to you so it's pretty much like the other he didn't save him uh, i guess they save each other in some sense that's a weird statement but yeah i i hold by it and this one you get to see like more of his duty of protecting uh, Frodo at all costs that he's even like calling him out on things like this is what I like about Samwise like he's basically calling out not just like uh, Frodo but everyone else around him you know the, there's even like a scene I'll talk about it later but there's even there's a scene he's like talking to um to Faramir uh, Boromir's brother and he's just, like calling out and telling the truth like oh what do you think like like what your brother did, you know, like he tried to like he sworn to protect Frodo, but he didn't. And then you're doing the same thing. And you're making a big mistake. And he's just like, you know, he's really calling out like a lot of the bullshit. And the hypocrisy that's going behind. He's just like, dude, you're doing the exact same mistakes and stuff. And then also calling out to Frodo like, I know. I know what you are uh, I know that the ring is corrupting you. So, I mean, could you listen to yourself like do you not know who you like sound like it's just like oh well basically being like well, i guess a hypocrite but also just you know look look at yourself at the mirror like you becoming more of him like you sympathize with him he's a tour he's a little tour guide and whatnot but also you have to be careful it's because you're becoming more like each other and he's just like but it's Fuck. the ring though and it's the ring it's like it's really corrupting like everything about them, what they stand for and what they I think um, the most are. interesting part of this movie and the arc of the story in general is this is when you find out that whoever bears the ring and takes it to Mount Doom, they're also gonna die. Yeah. They're supposed to perish. It's that's the that's what uh What's their name says? It's slowly killing them, in that sense. But it's also like a big burden on them, really. Well, Even I mean, you, you look at Golem. Look at that fool. Yeah, he's just a crane phrase. He's just like thirsty. He's literally just like he's a fucking... Thirsty. <laughs> no, I mean, just look at his... Like, look at him. 
You know, like yeah, he was a healthy person and yeah, then he became like, like a Bro, it's like a great representation of drug addiction. Because yeah, you get to see in the third one you get to see who I really is. He looks like Andy Circus. Spoiler alert. Um to eventually he, he looks, looks like, like Worm that. Tongue. He looks like Worm Tongue. Just like grayer and bigger eyes and just like barely any hair. And he's just like oh like he's just he looks like he's fucking dying, you know? But I think, like, in this movie specifically, it's sort of, like, questioning, like, shoot, does he stand a chance? Should we even, like, you know, sympathize with him? You know, because Rhoda kind of sees a little bit of hope in him because he's, ironically enough, he's slowly becoming like him, too. So he's just, like, Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is, like, he knows what the feeling was that he had when he had the ring because he is now the bear. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy because it it's n- not just affecting him on his, when he wears the ring on his hand, it's affecting him, just him wearing it on his chest in this movie. Yeah. It's, and, uh, you see Sam remember at that point that, where yeah. it's like going down and they're looking for him in the bog during the, um, what is it called? The deadly bog. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like the marshes where he the goes marsh. to the marsh. Yeah, the, the marshes. death marsh. I'm gonna look up the name. It's like the yeah. marshes <laughs> of lost souls or some shit like that. But anyways, when they're in that marsh, you see this interaction uh, between Frodo and Gollum, and it's when Frodo is actually looking into the water, and you see a pale face you start seeing faces of different kings and queens and people like in that era and the eyes glow and he falls forward into the bog into the water and he sees spirits trying to pull him into the water into the bog and golem goes in and pulls him out and rescues him i mean at that point he technically could have just taken the ring and just been off yeah you know but he at that point saw maybe a maybe a better way of you know living or i don't know something he yeah, that, that he was conflicted a, in it well yeah, like why did he save him question, yeah that's you know? definitely something to question as well of his reason behind it but the only reason i could think of is just he's playing the long game for this so he has to gain their trust and it's just like okay this isn't the way to go yeah because he definitely has plans for um for Frodo, which we learn in the third one. And he's just like, uh, it's a little fucked up. But that's where, like, all the all the veils have, like, come off and say, like, oh, Colin's not actually a good guy. Which we all knew all along. And, oof, I mean, ugh. it's a, this one definitely says a lot about, um, the moralities that it's trying to display here, you know, because one hand you have like Sam, who's like, you know, he's being realistic and, you know, saying like, he's giving, it's a voice of reason, but he's like, okay, well, we basically need Gollum to take us to like, you know, the right path, but also there's something that you can't really trust about him, but also he's showing sympathy. So he's just like, you know, he used to be one of us, one of the village people in that sense, but now, the results of that shit is, you know, he became uh, a golem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a 
the whole thing I think with his arc in this is he's kind of not trusted and then trusted and then not trusted and then trusted. It's a little bit. And then, you know, in between it back. And and then Frodo sells him out at one point um, near, where is it? It's, it's near Rohan or something like that, or like some kind of lake. It's like a waterfall. Um, And he's out there in the waterfall looking out and he sees um actually he gets pulled out by uh billy the butcher the leader of the rohan and he goes out and he's like he's swimming he's swimming in the falls the falls he says something about like the forbidden falls or like the forbidden lake he's swimming in the forbidden lake or like the sacred lake or some shit like that and he looks around and Frodo sees a bunch of armed men like with bow and arrows just already looking at Gollum. And Gollum's just like fishing for fish, diving in and just being a weirdo, you know. And what you end up seeing is Frodo telling him, look, he's he, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, just like have mercy for him kind of deal. Like, I'm going to get him out. Don't worry. I'm going to get him out. You know, you don't have to kill him right now, you know. So he ends up going down uh, to the to the waterfall and kind of fishing Golem out. And his master tells you, come out now, like trust master, like telling him to trust him to pull him out of the lake and stuff like that. And what ends up happening is he ends up getting restrained by Rohan riders, right? Uh, they're different people, actually. They're the uh, they're from Gondor. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you find out like these rangers, or I guess you would say, they all belong in the. Um, they're all people of Gondor, and the last person of Gondor that we know is actually Boromir, who actually sworn to we was part of the fellowship, and he sworn to protect Frodo. But instead, like the ring corrupted his mind to the point where he just wanted to take the ring for himself. And in this one, you get to know, yeah, Faramir is his brother. He's the guy that's in charge of those people. And Faramir goes into this whole flashback with him, him and his brother having to talk to, like, uh, their father. And there's definitely, like, a family dynamic in that flashback, really. Because it's saying a lot about, like, those families. So you get a little bit more background of that character. Well, I mean, going back one. to the human, you know, yeah, fault faults or human you know you get to see that yeah you kind of see that within a family aspect because it's <laughs> it's dealing with siblings now mm-hmm. and you kind of have the uh sibling that's more looked up to more looked after and then you have the sibling that's not and the one that kind of fucks up and like the 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 king is kind of looking down on him like oh and he's like oh like when he goes and meets the both sons and greets him he sees uh boromir right and he's like oh the son is like the prodigal son has returned like giving him hugs and like yeah. blah, blah blah he's the and preferred he's like, one <laughs> and then he talks about the other son he's like and this one <laughs> exactly he's like, and he's like you you literally do you go out of your way to make me look bad like blah blah blah, blah. like he your brother had to come and save your ass basically and Talking him down and making him really feel like, you know, he doesn't, like, he's not doing anything for the kingdom. And then Boromir later on goes to his dad and says, 
you know, like he loves you. Like he's your son. Like he loves you. He loves you just as much as I do. Yeah. And you're treating him like shit, you know? And, uh, what was his response? His response, well, I mean, his response was kind of just like bleak. He kind of was just like, well, you know, like he neither confirmed or denied that. Yeah, he he just like he's just like you know, like well, that I mean, like that's the way it is, kind of deal, you know. Oh wow, I didn't know that was him. And I mean, it just uh, it kind of just put a stake in that kind of uh, relationship between Boromir and his brother and his dad and the whole kingdom at that point. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing you didn't mention is just like he. This was right before he was gonna meet up, um, Elrod, in Riverdale, and then had that whole meeting in uh, the Fellowship, in the first movie. So he was actually chosen to be a representative of man, a part of Gondor, and it'd just be there for a father because he seems to be like the more preferred one, I guess. And he just says, go in my place. But, you know, as we know it, like, uh, corruption got to him. And he's making the mistake that's typically um, expected of men, I guess. I don't want to say it that way. It's kind of like a little dark right there. But, you know, now now that he realized that his dad was actually... Oh, I I found out one thing. Uh, his Yeah, now that he found out, like, you know, his brother failed... It's like, oh, he couldn't have done better. But I th- I believe, like, through Sam's, like, words, that saying, like, oh, calling him out on that shit, I think he's becoming a way better man of resisting that urge to, like, take the ring for himself. Because he knows yeah. something good can happen out of it if he just lets him go, in that sense. Um, I mean, and, and that's, that's something that kind of gets definitely introduced through Frodo and Sam's story, not anybody else. Like, it's just something that's kind of within their realm. And it's kind of, I, I feel like the reason they chose that relationship was that contradiction was maybe yeah. it's not a gay, like, it's not a gay kind of deal <laughs> between Frodo and Sam, but maybe nah. like more of like brothers. It's You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's definitely that. It's just a lot of people are reading into that. Yeah, um, I mean. Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could read and you could see it that way, but I mean, like, you could see it almost as like a brotherhood as well as like I, it's you just know? like loyalty throughout, really. Like it's just like you know, you just have like one of those friends who are just like loyal. You're just like, damn, like he's been through me so so much. This guy's really yeah. good. I liked it. You know, we all have that. Um, it just well, seems I, like it's just like the bared better spirited friend kind of going into that and this is a part of the their story specifically that caught caught my attention that i'd never and it was kind of like one of those you know moments one of those quote-unquote moments whatever but it's like he goes and then he drops like a little tin like a little tin on the floor and he's like oh what's going on he's like he's like he didn't know he's like he's like he's he's like "He, he got this he got this spice from me. And he was like, what? He's like, yeah, he, th- there was this tin. I think that's the third one. It was like, no, it was this, I just saw it, it on the last one? one. It was a tin. It was a tin. And it, this might have been part of the extended version, now that I think about it, because I I don't think I saw it before. Yeah. But it, it was this little tin, and it had spices, and it had stuff from, like, um, Hobbiton, you know? Right. They They, they carried it, yeah. It, it was from the um, from the Shire, and yeah, basically, it, yeah. like uh, he said, like, well, 
it is important because, you know, it's a piece of home, you know? So it was like, you know, a brother would share that kind of, you know, intrinsic value with something that came from where you both grew up. Right. That's the way I, you know. It's, yeah, it's a really strong kinship, if you will, of anything. Um, Yeah, going beyond that. Honestly, I want to point out something. It's just a little trivia. Um, so the guy that plays Boromir and Faramir's uh, dad uh, is played by John Nobles. John Nobles is like a good. He's a cool actor. He's been in. Um, I forgot the name of the show. It's a sci-fi show, but he, Doctor Strange. No, it wasn't Doctor Strange. Um, Fringe. He was in Fringe. That was it. But he was also in The Boys, and who also was in The Boys? Billy the Butcher. Carl Urban. And he plays his dad in that show. Little trigger right there. It's crazy. He just knows how to play fathers. Shitty fathers, if you will. But Shitty fathers. Sure, the fathers, if you will. And epic sons. Hey, yeah. He was pretty, he was pretty <laughs> epic son. You know what? No, in both, in both this... And then the boys, yeah. He was. He was a shitty father, but an epic son. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's two towers, though. It is two towers. We're here um, talking about the two towers. One more thing I got to talk about. Sam, all right? He loves cooking. That's one thing I liked about this. One thing I liked about this a lot is they really shined a light on camping and cooking and yeah. stuff like that. He's like, oh. And he's just suggesting things. He's just like, maybe they need a little bit of taters. But we need a few good taters. What's taters, Brussels? What's taters, oh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> Love that line. Epic line will go down in history. Boil them, smash them, stick them in a got. Damn stew. You kind of sound for like Trump for a minute. I don't know why. I don't know. It was just like it was just like sentences. Like it was just it was great. Damn stew. He was just giving his reasons as to why that was great. I was like, let's listen to that one more time. Hold on, one more time. Here we go with this with the taters. Taters. But we need a few good taters. What's taters, Brussels? What's Mr. Circus? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> Potatoes. No, and I love the conversation they had before this. They were like, oh, I love the fish. You just eat them raw. It's like wriggling and... <laughs> it looks like he was motorboating. I was like... <laughs> 2000s comedies. I love that. <laughs> No, it was, it was like, and eat them wriggling and raw. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. That's motorboating right That's there. motion capturing, my dude. That's what that is. The way they were able to get him doing that. Yeah. Dude, that, no animator can do that I so perfect. That motion was so smooth. It was just yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> this is the thing, is when you do that, what happens? Your cheeks move, right? Mm-hmm. Your cheeks move. Your cheeks have dots on them. So what are you able to do? Connect the face, the cheeks, to the actual cheeks of the actor and have real like 
muscle, you know, contraction of, you know, yeah, muscle, like, accurate. you know, very accurate kind of. And that's why I think it's so funny. It's because it's accurate. You know, if it was, if it looked weird, it would be like, oh, if it looked uncanny, it's just like, if it looked weird, if like you had that sound, but it looked weird, you would be like, what the fuck is this? You know, (laughs) you'd be like, like, oh, weird it out. That's probably what would be one of those scary scenes that you remember as a kid. It's just like, do you remember this? Yeah. He just looked like he was motorboned, but his face is like, and it just wasn't moving his cheeks, nothing at all. He's just like a dead stare. Yeah. But the fact that this motion capture captures like real motion emotes. Yeah. Which is just, that's what it is. That's what's at play, really. Um, Man. That scene was good. I just got to say, like, <laughs> you, I mean, I know we're kind of coming to the end of Sam and Frodo, but I got to talk about Gollum. <clears throat> Dude, in this story, Gollum plays a big part. He does. Because he's a. He's basically like the expert of how to get around. He's he's the yeah. Um, this now that I'm realizing this movie is like a groundbreak in motion capture. He's like this. That's what I was saying at the very beginning of this shit, bro. You didn't say it. I did say that. You're Go pie, back. You it's in it. ten minutes in. I said that. I promise you. I did say that. I know. <laughs> okay, but you did that what, to me all the okay, time. Okay, but this is what I gotta say. This is what I gotta say. Let's be like honest Daniel Circus in this one. That's what I'm Andy telling you. Andy Circus. Whatever. All right. Dan- All right. Andy, Daniel. He's a really good actor. Mr. Circus. That's why I just call him Mr. Circus. Mr. Circus. Make a circus soleil. Yeah. But this is what I got to say about this. That dude literally scared the shit out of everyone <laughs> and made everyone fall in love with CGI. Yeah. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the best of the CGI when they first came out. I mean, besides Jurassic Park, but that's besides the point. No, because this is what's different between that CGI and this CGI. Because I watched Jurassic Park yesterday. Okay. Okay. The dinosaurs don't have lines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's All right. real, yeah, though. Yeah, well, the design-wise the design wise is impressive. But, but to do lines. That's another thing. That's another thing that you have to do. Obviously, dinosaurs can't speak. But, you know, something that's humanoid. How do you and know? Make it, How do you know? They speak in their own language. You don't know that. Man, Who knows? Shut the hell I'm up, bro. Saying, I'm getting, <laughs> let's get intrinsic with it. You talk about Middle Earth. By anything the way, could happen. We're going to be talking about Jurassic Park this year. I'm so excited. Anyways. <laughs> okay, but seriously though, like you don't know that. Anyways, I but do know that. but what I'm saying on on the screen, yeah, dinosaurs don't talk unless it's Dinosaur Train, which is a TV show for kids, and they do talk. All right, so agreed. I like that show. All right, well, talking about this, this is the one thing. Gollum has lines, and mm-hmm. they're using his actual lips, his actual voice, to be able to make this character come to life. Right. But I've, the design of the character is human-like, that it moves so much like a human. Of course, it has to have, like, speaking lines. It's not like a gargoyle or anything okay. that's, like, saying that anything. It's just, like, very vital that this character... Yeah, easily they could have made him, like, a skinny character. He is. In real live action. and just have, a like, a, a skinny actor portraying like you know this character but uh, said they went cgi it made something like why it was very unusual design why and it's did unreal they, but why did they do that they did that 
You know why they did that? It's going more into like the, the depiction of um, what the Nav describes as him, which was impossible. Yes, that's one of the reasons. The second reason is money. They had a shitload of fucking money to be able to make it happen. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. No, but, for real. Yeah. No, for real though. Like, yeah, I know. If it didn't, if, like if they said. didn't have the actual money to be able to make this, because look it, I'm telling you right now, these motherfuckers knew, okay, we could possibly make this happen, but we don't know for sure, but we'll try. Yeah. And Peter Jackson was like, all right, we're doing it. So this <laughs> is an experiment. He's like, this is an experiment. I mean, Holy with shit. all good, with all good CGI, that's oh, what it course. is. Yeah, this is like the first. I mean, CGI uh, just watching character. Industrial Light and Magic, I, I'm understanding that now. Whenever you charge a extra price, it's because you're you're charging the price of education. You have to learn how to be able to do X. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's this was a trial and error for them, and they made that shit a stand in time film with right. the with coming, their efforts. Coming down to it, like yeah, some of it is not perfect, but you can't deny that the motion of that character is very fluid. It makes you believe what's happening. Yeah, you know, and it's it's. it's it's he's close, an actor. Yeah. He's a character in the film. To, yeah, it's close to being how physical interaction and um, something like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was very right. interactive. Right. Because you get to see like him interacting with like different stuff, like right. with the rabbits and all that. But that's very much real. But this is the as difference. Using, like, this is the difference. Though. They didn't use robots. <laughs> no, no, no. Like in, use, in, like in in Roger Rabbit, they used stand-ins for that. They they used ball. They used like a neon ball. Yeah, kind of like stand-ins. That's, for, when kinda, for that, that's when they kind of. That's when they kind of. But this one was physical. So this was have, an actual person. You have someone to interact with. But that's what I'm saying is like the motion capturing level, the level that they have to this day of motion capturing progressed because of that performance mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that to me was really the beginning of of uh cgi like uh right, yeah. of motion capturing animation be- because it was three movies deep it I'm was deep. A, a, an, an amazing performance by the character by the actor i should say and it was um just in time, like it stands up in time. Yeah, it really does. You know, if anything, it, it's it's really pulling an example. And it, I'm telling you, there's preferences, there's things in these programs that no one even knows about that you have to pull out just to be able to get the little tweaks of, let's say, the ankle to make sure that it doesn't flop around <laughs> all crazy. And there's a bunch of yeah. outtakes of the first, you know, motion capturing of them trying to. Uh, basically what it's called is the the um, skeletal structure of the design right. within every in w- within every every le- let's say shrek right right hands arms head bam right stick figure yeah but what you have to do is you have to put a ball on every point of what you want to capture Catch face everything capture the motion of the mm-hmm. cheeks capture the motion of all the muscles in the neck the hands, the toes, everything. And you have to translate that 
into an animation. And what it's doing for you is basically 80% of the process. As long as the other 20% is you making sure that you adjust all these bones yeah. to the actual character. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... It's like I a got, puppet. I got, it's yeah, like a puppet. It is, I was going to say something else, but yeah, I guess marionette. I would say like a puppy. Marionette. It's a marionette in itself. And I mean, that's the closest directions you can get to it. You have to make sure all your strings are untied. Yeah. There you so go. So you have to understand like the anatomy of how a humanoid figure would move as opposed to like a creature. This creature is a little bit hard. That's the challenge of Jurassic Park in itself. And... With this one, they actually use a physical, um, a physical man to actually like, capture all that technology on him, and not only people, not oh, well. I mean, the hardest of fans, I guess I would say that the biggest fans, I would say, <laughs> know that um, uh, Andy Circus was actually a second unit director who pretty much volunteered. Well, I. He was involved in the project since day one of this entire trilogy. And he basically was part of the production outside of like, you know, doing uh, motion capture work and voice work and everything. So this this fucking movie. Well, yeah, I guess this movie specifically, maybe the previous one too, made his career in a way. And now you see, like, Annie Circus acting, you know, not just, like, motion capture, like he does with Caesar in the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Um, he's pretty much having to do live-action work. He came out in Andor. He comes out in movies like um, Black Panther or something like... Oh, God, what's this on Nolan movie? He came out in a Christopher Nolan movie that's escaping me now. Uh, the Prestige, yeah. And, you know, outside of that, he's actually a really good actor. If anything, like, a lot of people would agree he's underrated. If anything, he's pretty much, like, a really great actor overall and stuff. So he's just, like, crazy enough to, like, think that this movie, at this point in time, made his career. Like, this whole franchise made his career. Not only that is, did you talk about King Kong? And even King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason they got him for King Kong. Because of Smeagol. It's experience. He was basically the he only one. The just like <laughs> he was the, the forefather. He was the forefather of all this. But the only reason why he was is because he was just a good actor to begin with. And I just got to say, I remember watching. They had a, a trilogy DVD set of all the Lord of the Rings films. I have that one. <laughs> and <laughs> the the two towers was the blue one. It was the blue leather bound looking one and it had separate DVDs for every single thing. The extended uh, edition. The extended edition. The extended. Oh, you're talking about the first iteration. Never mind. I was talking about the. It was the it was the background. Yeah. The the behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. They basically that's how all the films came out after a good while. They have like extra bonus features and then later on they upgraded to like blu-ray that's the one that i have where it has like um it looks like a dvd like case like a regular one and it has three movies 
And in that case, you put three in them. There's three in there. But when you take out like the DVD, there's like a set of four, which is basically the part one of the movie and part two of the other half of the movie. And then uh, two of the DVDs or Blu-rays, if you will, they're basically like extra features. And they're like hours of extra features. They're production diaries. That's what he produced. But I think that what came out of this movie is that bonus features was really big and that's what they made them big and that's what they utilized in the dvds when it first came out because dvds were like extra you watch the movie and then it was there's more extra, extra content. content yeah you know that's where you got all your like when i when i got harry it. potter it was the games you could play games <laughs> yeah it was like i remember that DVD yeah. games I and, did then, remember and that, you know yeah. what something else something a lot of you millennials might not even fucking know all right is uh back in the days you could pop in a dvd and there was easter eggs within the dvd menus so if you went to let's say scene selection or or uh, scene selection and you went to the fifth page of you know harry potter chamber of secrets and you went to the lower right left of the screen you would be able to select a little whatever, like a little selection, and all of a sudden it would bring up a blooper or like something like that. And that was something that was, dude, that's lost in time. Yeah, that's we should do time. an episode on that's that. A lost honestly, art right there. We should do an episode on Easter if eggs. We could find on Easter. We should do an episode on Easter eggs. That's a good one. That's a good one, and it's coming you know up too. You might as well. But I mean, some from that like. It was fucking massive or anything. Yeah. But, damn, we lost ourselves. Yeah. What were we talking about? No, no, no. Just, just going, finished. just going back to Lord of the Rings and just yeah, like Andy Frodo, Serkis' yeah, performances Fro- and how it. Yeah, we were on made the photo and Sam store online, so yeah. Mo- motion capturing. Good. I mean, that kind of ended it, but Smeagol was definitely the end of it. Now. Yeah. I mean, now I, like, I think it's final thoughts. Yeah, I like to think that. Um, there's a lot to say about Smeagol. This is my thoughts, final thoughts. But on the whole, on at the, the whole end, movie? No, just like at the end, kind of like describes me going to f- in the fall. Uh-huh. He's like, he's so envious about everything. But at the same time, he's a little bit weak. And you kind of describe just, just the way that he just like goes to himself and just like talks to Gollum or enters that mode. And he's just like, I want to take a ball. And he just touches like the... The interaction with like Cole Branch was like kind of cool because he's like he's meaning to break it, but he can't. But he's just like kind of like, you know, he's just like emoting into that shit. And he's just like, you're not physically. Well, I'm pretty sure he's pretty strong physically when he's like at full. But just like right there, he's showing some sort of like he's got that ring rage, that weakness, but also like that bit of rage and that sympathy like you can't feel to do that as an actor though you can't help but to feel sorry for him it's just yeah. like dude like oh fuck like that that shit really got some and shit well i mean this is the crazy part that i never considered is maybe that's the reason that he saved frodo is because he actually vouches for destroying the ring maybe he yeah. it, like a part of There's him part wants of him. to destroy the it's ring it's sort of like a zombie like uh the person is surfacing is right there, but he looks different. But you don't know if he's there, so you're kind of questioning it. Yeah. And I feel like Gollum is sort of like that. And and not only that, but he really just is a kind of 
like a Joker card in the whole. You're right. In the whole series, because he, you don't know what he's gonna do next, kind of deal. Yeah. You know, and and the reason because of that is you get to see in this movie that he has now Gollum and Smeagol living within him. Yeah, I don't really all like that. Yeah. In some sense, I think you're speaking about. Like, I mean, the but human that's yeah, really. but that's what I'm talking about. Like yeah. get, getting back to that point is, you know, everybody's got that you know, devil and angel on their shoulder, or the wolves, it's or like, the Smeagol and the Golem. There's always a good wolf <laughs> and the bad wolf, and you always gotta ask who's the stronger one. Who's the, the stronger wolf? Depends which one you feed the most. Dun, dun. <laughs> Um, my uh, should we do top two real quick? Real quick, man. Real quick. So my top two would have to be Sam. Uh, like I was gonna mention it back. Um, Sam pretty much um calling out on Faramir and saying like all his bullshit about like, dude, like literally, you don't want to know why your brother like fucking um uh uh died is because he was so corrupted to the point where like he wanted to capture that ring and you're doing the same thing and that's what got him killed because all these orcs came after them and he let his guard down or somewhere around the woods right there and I just like how that's speaking about like Samwise the brave on a whole different level that I like what he brought into the I mean the he spoke up to a sergeant of the war dog like yeah. you, you know like yeah, he's just like a big figure, and also he's just like he's. Well, he's heartfelt. Samwise the brave, like he's heart because he's coming. He's using his heart as his bravery, you know. Yeah, you're right, and also like, what's the right thing to do here? Oh, call him out on that shit and say like, this is the truth. This is what you want to hear. For, you know what? Samwise is like the friend that you don't just want. Is the one that you need. Because he's telling you what you need, not what you want to hear. He's the one that, you know, he's the one that sometimes you don't want to hear him. In a way, yeah, because a lot of people just don't want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear the truth. And Samwise speaks the truth. I'm a Samwise. I'm a Samwise, too. Um, So, fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck you, America. You know fuck what Grimes McGee is? Uh, what's my second one? I'm glad we could say that. <laughs> this is America. First Amendment rights. Just don't be anti anything, right? That's yeah. The, that's a new protocol. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess my other second one. Um, basically, what he at the end of the movie, where basically Golan goes back, he stops being like a captive. And then he just like sends him off to Sam and Frodo and just like, okay, be on with the journey. He kind of shows like a little bit, a bit of himself and just, you know, he's just like, no, I will never hurt master. But then after like Sam turned his like um, back towards him, just Smeagol just turns into Gollum and just says like, I'll kill him. And they won't even know. He basically says someone's going to take care of them. Yeah. Like, oh, what if we take him to her? Oh, she'll take. And that's of yeah. That's basically a tease and that's for, the third, for the third one. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like he's planning something for them. So that's why I'm saying, like he's he's in here for like the long game. That's all I gotta say. What's your top two? Real quick. Um, <laughs> you know what? 
I got to call back light to this because this was part of the extended version that I had never seen before. It was the part where um, Mary and Pippin actually find the falls. <laughs> yeah. All right. They find it's the a fun part. They yeah. find the falls of how the uh, the Ents be- came to life was the water that came from the it's falls. It's a source of life and how they became so tall because what enriches them is the water. So if, you know, hobbits were to drink the water, they get taller, their bodies will get more richer in tone and all that. So it's just like, oh, this is what makes the ants ants. So if hobbits were to like drink this, who knows? So it basically <laughs> goes and it's like, oh, I had a dream. I had a dream. We found large barrels of smoke weed smoke weed <laughs> and we smoked it all <laughs> and i was like yep they're stoners this is another implication <laughs> of this movie not also like you know the gay relationship but also the stoner aspect to it because you get to see gandalf smoking the pipe and he's like, <laughs> like it's confirmed no but yeah, that's, what, that's <laughs> the thing about it that's why that's why they didn't put it in this one because yeah. back in 2002 it was too hearsay to include weed smoking in a film like that yeah. with mostly white prevalent actors, may I say. Okay? Yes. Okay? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. And then, to include smoking pot and weed, just the word weed in general. Yeah. You know? It's like, what is that going to do to the film? Probably back in the day. That's why it was extended. Look, man. Uh, that's I what I, I think. That's my fantasy, opinion. I think the fantasy as the fantasy medium itself kind of implies like that kind of drug usage because everything's natural. Hell yeah! If you were to go back and watch a Led Zeppelin music video, he's in the fucking forest, and guess what? That fucking like band is about during that time. It's just like. Shrooming out, shrooming out, tripping out, hell yeah, and doing all that shit. So, it, like, their music business is very Tolkien inspired. So it's just like, Dude, yeah, you know no what? Shit. That's it. That inspires me to like redo the like Helm's Deep scene with like some Led Zeppelin music. Got a whole lot of love. Man, the gates. It's like a whole lot of love. <laughs> got a whole lot of love. I get it. Love is it's explosions in itself. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And then it would be like the immigrant song, you know. What do you think Shrek Three like? They had that in the battle sequence. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a badass <laughs> battle sequence song, man. Wow, it's fantasy. Man, that's why they. That's why they should have included that scene of the whole lot of barrel of weed scene, you know, because. Yeah. That that truly shows. Honestly, I watched the movie. I watched this movie. Wait, with hold like, on. You gotta let me finish some... my point here. That truly shows the epitome of man, right there. Like they like to enjoy the earth, man. Yeah, just like me and my friends who actually watched this movie before. Just like and Ailes. we're just like, is that supposed to be weed? I was like, dude, that's implied. Of course. Got it a is. whole lot of beer. Uh, what's your second one? <laughs> that was pretty awesome. All right, my second one. Right <laughs> my second one has to be when they kick off the ladders 
at Helm's Deep and they go and they fucking droop because because simply because the video game that was one of the things that you could do yeah, you could is like do when you would you see the orcs ladders that. coming up you could be legless and like kick off the ladders and shit and i love that shit that was so cool and i was like dude you really take out like 10 people on that ladder if they're all on that ladder you take out 10 people max xp baby that's true because you literally have like people trying to go over the um, uh, the walls. At the same time, it's like, oh, we got to overwhelm them. But at the same time, it's a disadvantage. So it's like, oh, one kick off, it's just like, oh, not only are you hurting the people that are on the, on the ladder, but wherever the ladder ends up. At. So, you know, it's all physical. That was actually a cool scene, if anything. Um, honorable mentions. The honorable mentions would be the real rock and roller. The rock and roller's kin. What? The rock and roller's kin. Uh, The kin. What's her name? I don't know. Bro. Am I not talking to you? Remember we we literally stopped and we were like, wow. She was amazing in this movie. The elf. Eowyn? Yes. No, the elf. uh, 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 Rock and roll. Rock and roll, man. Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, Viv Tyler's character. There you go. Yeah. Dude, we make so many jokes on that. It was fucking hilarious. She was like, rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like Arwen, she plays Aerosmith's daughter. And, you know, we just explained with that whole relationship with uh, Aragorn. Uh And, yeah. Decent acting. I really like it. Even though maybe like they put a shot of her just crying. Just What happened to her acting again? Yeah, I guess it was a phase. That's what know. What happened? It was just a phase. I don't know. She was just like, I, I already got Armaged- I got royalties from all Lord she, of the Rings movies. She got so Armageddon good. and then she got Lord of the Rings. And then Steve was just like, baby girl, just, just let it be. I was like, all right, dad. You got my fortune, baby. You got my fortune. You got my looks. <laughs> and it's like you know what that was a Michael Jackson kind of yeah I feel like he's very like inspired by Michael Jackson maybe who knows but listen I know so those are my those are my fucking callbacks to this day I mean look it I remember stepping into the movie theater when Two Towers came out is that ladies the first and time you watched it that was the first time I watched it okay, with, with my that. cousin Daniel and my uncle Mike it wasn't the first one right Butter on the this popcorn, the baby. Kids' meals in hand. Are you sure? A little bit of ices here and there. I'm just asking. Is this was the second? This was one, the right? second one. Okay. This, we sure. were like, once the first one went down, we were like, my uncle was all in. He was like, we're gonna do this every year. So that's why, like, Lord of the Rings to me is very special to my heart because it was a time in my life where I spent a lot of time with my close family, living it up, doing childhood memories, and just really. You know, learning, I mean, you learn a lot of things about these films. Like I said, it's not only the ethics portion. You know, you got the worm tongue, you got the people, you got the kings, (laughs) you know, but you also learn about the, the technicalities later on, you know, with my older brother, Javi, shout out, did the last one with this. Of of him, you know, like walking me through. And when I was watching the motion capturing, he was kind of the one explaining and translating to me what was going on 
in the behind the scenes stuff to me when I was little. Yeah. So like, I got to thank him for that because if it wasn't for him kind of translating that, I probably wouldn't have known as much as I know now about yeah. that stuff so early on. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Um, I mean, we're talking family here. Yeah. I specifically remembering borrowing some of the DVDs that you guys had. Yeah. Just to see like the bonus features. Yeah. Because my dad really loves them. He's the one that introduced me to like the movies. Because mm -hmm. we seen the first one in cassette back when yeah. it was like double cassette. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, let's go for the second one. And I actually watched the second one with my dad and my sister Andrea. And that was a period where, like, he would take us to the movies all the time. Yeah. You know, after that. It's just like, this is what movies are about. And you're really living at that age. Like, you know, might as well take you and stuff. So. Fuck it. It was, it was a good era. Yeah, that was a really good era. That was like our 80s. Era. That was. That was like our 80s. That was our 90s, I guess. But yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though we were born in the 90s. You that know, was like our 80s, bro. Like in the 80s, like that's what my brother talks about. Like, oh, you can go to the fucking arcade for five bucks. You'd be living like a king, you yeah. know? The 80s were, um, the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Right. To 2000s. You made your point. Um, and that's when they had the pinball a lot machines. They still had pinball machines at the arcade back at yeah. that point. They so had like Pacific theaters and then they had like. Um, Everything so was. They hard. had an arcade. To this day, they still have arcades in like theaters. So I, f I feel like that's where yeah. it like really began. In the well, maybe even earlier, but I just like to say that it was yeah. starting in the 2000s. But yeah, um, you already said your final word, right? <laughs> Love, peace, and chicken grease, people. There you go. I would like to say that this is an achievement, not just like... Um, it was like a double achievement. Like I felt like this... The uh the first movie is just like okay, we utilize all the effects that we can. What could we do better? So they took a chance with like the technology that they use with uh, motion capture. So it's not only capturing practical effects and then visual effects that was brought in at that era in the nineties and then going into two thousands. But it's also bringing another one in in infancy. So it's like a three. So there's three effects that's going on in this movie at the same fucking time. And that's impressive to like utilize all that. Like say what you will, it looks fake and this and that. They were using the effects of For what they had time. at that time. It was a zeitgeist of that technology. It was a time where they could use that. And I felt like this but movie just introduced like that's what I'm telling that you right though. there. Like th and Return of the Kings just went bigger with that. Yeah. And I, I feel I like this, this one, though. it's just like, that's where it's at. Kind of hopping off what you said, like, for that time, mm -hmm. though. Like, for that time. Um, back in that time, like, dude, they had all these setups of computers, but they didn't have the money to be able to make the sets to actually make something like, you know, right, right, right. the, the uh, what should we call it, the... I would like those sets to be the, real. The, what, what is the Reaper character? What is it called? The, the, witch, the witch Kings? Oh, um... You know what I'm talking about? I, I know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I do know what you're talking about. He's, like, he's riding the, the fucking... The Wraith. He's riding the Wraith. He's not riding... The Wraith is riding on the... The Wraith is riding the fucking dragon. And in that scene, that was CGI. That was composited on that whole thing. Yeah. You know, so like... That. For that time, they didn't have the money to like create a Wraith 
and like get the backdrop and the lighting and the everything to be able to make that like that's that was a whole fucking thing that thing was big you know it wasn't like a small wraith it was huge that's why you see so much detail the wraith is the writer just to be clear okay yeah i i mean even <laughs> then though you get a lot of detail on the wraith as yeah. well as the dragon that he's riding on like all the teeth like you see all the gooey teeth and shit like that yeah I don't know what that dragon's called, but yeah, I was I'm just piggybacking. I was piggybacking on that, you know. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> wow. Where did stop me right there? <laughs> Break out the ale. These men are thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but anyways, what I was saying. Um. It was using something that. They use like back in the past, but also like bringing in things for the future. Which at this point, if spoiler alert, like motion capture actually perfected at this point. We have like movies like Avatar, the Way of the Water, you know. So it used everything that it can, the research that it can at that time to make this trilogy happen. You know, slowly it's just like at the brink of it, like in the 2000s, they brought it 2001, 2002. Is coming in 2003. It's still the same thing, but they were able to complete the story with everything that they can. And I feel like, you know, the two towers is just like the pinnacle of like those two points of those movies. And I would say like it is one of the best sequels of all times. And it is something that's worth cherishing and checking out. Um, even if we know like whatever it is is miniature, just think about it. Dude, that's a cool effect. They're literally playing with toys. And with the toys that they use, Hell yeah. they did that shit to tell a story about, you know, this fantasy epic adventure. So, peace to that. Let's keep a little post-it note on this exact conversation because we're about to, uh, I think we might actually venture into that as a production production venture and also a uh, craft cast. We might venture into that. Stay tuned, people. We got to say something. I want to thank everybody in the past year had has tuned in, liked us, seen our stories, just like just been about it, dude, cuz like it takes a lot to be able to do this, set this up and stuff like that. And I think one of the biggest parts of our craft cast and doing this is like a lot of the times we do it with family. Like we do yeah. with people that we know. We do with people that we've known for a long time Being and raised, we remember experiences going to the movies with them like seeing all this stuff as little kids and like being being able to come out now as an older person and like seeing all of the value in all of this and and really talking about it is what really i think makes me want to keep going with this podcast and makes me feel like you know it's something not only to listen to but something that i i would inspire maybe other people to do is to like Maybe start a podcast with your people or like maybe start something where you're talking about and and make those experiences with with your family. Because like just watching movies, for example, or playing a video game, like it just may, may be minuscule for you. But like now seeing it as an older person, like those were the moments in time where you really do feel connected and a part of, you know, one another and each other's experience in life. Yeah, if anything. Which is cool. That's why we made this podcast to share our share experience and our thoughts about 
the podcast itself. So, you know, I appreciate that. Even this is the first episode of the year. So I know we appreciated like the end of 2022, but we're continuing the um, gratitude as 2023 comes rolling around. And yeah, it's all good. And we love this and we're going to continue. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. You know where you can find us at, ladies and gentlemen? Golden Craftcast at Golden Craftcast IG on YouTube. We're uploading this episode to YouTube. Thank you for joining us live. We know we haven't done IG in a while, but this was the quick and easy way for tonight. And uh, the legends continue. Thank you, Serge, man. Another year, buddy. Expect YouTube uh, podcast. So, you know, we're not going to have the video. Well, I'll try, but it is what it is. So we like to thank you um, all coming into the new year. Welcome to the man. I appreciate it. Uh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, and shout out to at, at Kicksnare Hi-Hat TTT for this fucking beautiful theme song. We use it to this day because it's I love it. You know, I exactly. think about this theme song all the time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Peace out. Craft. Craft. <laughs>